a huge off-season weekend for the Chicago Cubs. Player options, team options, gold gloves. We cover it all on this exciting Monday episode next. Hit the music. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Monday. I know it's going to be dark at about 3 p.m. today, but not everything is looking bad because the closer we get to winter, the closer we get to the winter meetings, trades, free agency, and this offseason kicked off this past weekend with a bang for the Chicago Cubs. If you're wondering why I have a broom in the background, it's not just because later on we're going to talk about how the Cubs swept the Golden Glove awards, but it's because uh, Matt's good buddy, Travis, who is a everydayer, a everydayer of the show and everydayer of the show, uh, met us out on Saturday night when we were celebrating my birthday. And he thought a good gift to give me would be a nice new clean broom. So next year when the Cubs sweep teams, instead of having a dirty broom in the background, we have a fresh new one. Very funny, very good stuff from Travis. And we appreciate that. However, It's not time for jokes on this episode. There is a lot of business to attend to. This past weekend, I'm going to tell you everything that happened, and then I'm going to go step by step uh, in breaking it down for you as best as I can. And then, of course, when Matt joins the show uh, during this week, we will get into more details. I might even go live at some point solo this week just to hear your guys' thoughts on everything. Let's start chronologically. On Saturday, Marcus Stroman officially opted out of his one-year $21 million player option, okay? We're going to get into the details on that first, but let's continue everything. Then on Sunday, while the Bears suffered their 85th loss in their last 86 game, uh, Kyle Hendricks and the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Cubs actually exercise his $16 million team option, guaranteeing that the professor will be back at least one more year in cubby blue pinstripes. Then later on, Jan Gomes, this was kind of a no brainer. His $6 million team option was exercised as well by the Cubs. So Jan will be back behind the dish next year. And then at the end of the evening, I'm glad I waited to record until after this, Nico Horner, Dansby Swanson, and Ian Happ, all three men, the latter of which I have no idea how, were awarded gold gloves. So all that's going to be broken down for you on this show. But first, to me, the biggest and most significant news of the weekend, Marcus Stroman opting out of his contract. If you watched Friday's episode, 
I gave you some Sam Olber offseason birthday wishes. And one of them was that Marcus Stroman is not a Chicago Cub in 2024. Now, I wanted that to happen via trade, him opting in, and then somehow the Cubs getting just something back for him, maybe a low-level reliever or a prospect or something for a team that maybe struck out on all the major pitching free agents that were desperate. But I will still take this all day, every day. Marcus Stroman opts out of his deal, freeing up the Cubs an extra $21 million to spend money on somebody that's better than him. Okay, let's break down the Stroman perspective of this first. We don't have to break that down long because he's no longer a Cub. I really don't understand his rationale here. Um, My guess would be is either he thinks he's going to get a really good deal in the market, which just doesn't make sense to me because you have Yamamoto, you have Nola, you have Montgomery. There's a lot of stud pitchers that are just flat out better than Marcus Stroman that are that are going to be free agents in 2000, the offseason of 2023 going into 2024. Uh, Marcus Stroman is going to be a consolation prize for a team this year. I see a I see a contract maybe three years, 50 million-ish, maybe three years, 55, maybe it's team gets desperate, goes three years, 60, but I don't see him getting to that 21 million AAV that the Cubs would have had. Now, maybe Stroman's saying, look, I am a little bit injured. I've been suffering. I've had two back-to-back years now where I've been injured and I don't trust myself to stay healthy this next year or perform well. So I'll just take the more guaranteed money with more years. I don't know. And I really don't care. All that I know is, is that I don't think Marcus Stroman is a good fit on the Cubs for 2024. I think I've been saying that now for about three straight months. And now that the Cubs have extra money to spend, I think that this was a really good result for the Cubs guys. I, I really do. Like, Look, Marcus Stroman's a good pitcher. I'm not saying that he's not, and he'll help somebody. But when you have Hendricks, who we're going to talk about in a bit, Tyone and Steele as your three main guys now that aren't going to be your top three, but are the three guys that you know. Like we know that if if they're they're healthy, those three guys are going to be 60% of your starting rotation in 2024. You don't really miss a lot of bats. You don't have a ton of nasty stuff. And adding Stroman to that doesn't really fix that. You want to have diversity in your rotation. You know, teams like the Rays, one of the reasons why the Rays win so many games is that from game to game, you know, they have guys that'll start a game, they'll throw five innings, then they'll go different arm angle, left side, right side, over the top, short arm, side arm, submarine, you know. You don't want to just have a bunch of the same guys, even though the Cubs have a phenomenal defense, which we're going to talk about. And I think Stroman opting out really gives them the financial flexibility to go out and get a starter that misses bats and and, and get strikeouts. You know, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, I would love for the Cubs to take a big swing at one of the big fishes, whether it's a Yamamoto or or a, to a lesser extent, a Nola or a Montgomery or whoever it is, and then and then maybe go with Wicks as your fifth starter or Cade Horton comes up. And then I still think they need to add even another starter because we've seen how important uh, the depth is from that position. But overall, I, I just, you, you could hear the optimism in my voice. I just think this was the best thing for the Cubs. I I was not a fan of Marcus Stroman. I, I was not a fan of the way he handled the, the free agency situation um, in the or the extension situation in the middle of the season. I obviously wasn't a fan of the way he performed in the second half. And, you know, I, I think the Cubs can do better at $21 million. If he had a 
$12 million uh, uh, option, I would say, hey, please, t- you know, I hope he takes it. I want him on the team. He, he He's more than a $12 million pitcher. But $21 million for one year, I think the Cubs can do better, and I think they will. And I think overall, heading into 2024, they're going to have a more diverse, dangerous starting rotation because they're going to be able to replace him with somebody that misses bats. Now, in uh, uh, transitioning into the other big starting pitching news, Kyle Hendricks. This one is a little bit more interesting, a little bit more, I would say, hard to to break down. So Kyle Hendricks and the Cubs, the Cubs exercised Kyle's $16 million team option. Now, a lot of people, including myself, thought that when they did that, they would also announce an, a second-year extension for a much lower AAV. So, a, by the way, when I say AAV, I'm just talking about what he makes per year. So instead of one year 16, you're talking about maybe two years 21, two years 22. So he's going to get that $16 million up front, and then he's going to take less in the second year, and it's kind of going to be a nice compromise, and everybody works together. Now, that extension has not been announced yet. Um, I do think that they're going to get something done before opening day to add another year. But I do think it is worth mentioning that even if they don't get it done, Kyle Hendricks was really, really good in 2023, guys. And he was better than Marcus Stroman. And when you look at the numbers and you look at the peripherals, the 3.74 ERA was really solid. But it's it's the, the barrel rate, the lack of hard contact, the ground ball rate, all the analytics stuff that we kind of talked about when Master Boney was on that sometimes you have to just have a place for, he actually pitched a lot better than that. He's never going to wow you. He's always going to have some iffy starts. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that has the really, really low, you know, leads the league in ERA again like he did in 2016. But at $16 million, if you get the 2023 version of Kyle Hendricks, you are getting your money's worth and then some. I don't think Kyle Hendricks is, is going to be a fifth starter type of pitcher if he pitches like that. Now, I will say I like it a lot better if they can add a second year of cheaper money. Like if they could turn that into two years, 22 million, I am, we're off to a smashing start. I think 16 million for, for Kyle is we need him to be really good for that to make sense, right? If we, we are going to use $16 million in resources on him, it's not like he can be like when he came up in this situation, we were, we, we were hoping like it was fool's gold. What you got from Kyle Hendricks and starting an opening day, Matt and I even talked about it. Hey, listen, if he comes out and he can be a decent fifth starter for you, we'll take it. That kind of shifts when the team option is accepted at 16 million. It's not like, Oh, well, if Kyle's good, great. If he's not, he's not, no, we need him to be good. We need him to be good. But if you could shrink that down in the second year of the deal and you go into, you know, two years, 22 million, now that's more of a, that's like a Drew Smiley contract, basically, pretty much. That's more of a four or five uh, type starter deal. But what does this mean for the Cubs? Well, first of all, there's a sentimental element to it, right? The, the last guy left on the 2016 team, he's brought back. He's still an asset. He's still a value. I think fans and 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 t- the teammates and I think the organization just overall is going to be very happy that he's back and I know I'm one of those people and you know I think you're getting a, an effective pitcher and I think if you could extend them you know you have financial flexibility I mean right now when you look at it you have one year 16 million owed to Kyle you lose the 21 million you don't have to worry about it with Stroman you know you have 
You have Hap on a pretty team-friendly deal, whether you like that or not. That's a different show for a different time. Obviously, Dansby's on the big deal. Horner's on a team-friendly deal. Suzuki, you're paying you know, you're, you're paying 20 plus four, but if he produces like he did the last two months, it's worth it. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is financially you're, you're not surrounded by any arb, uh, you know, albatrosses or any really bad contracts, right? They're either short term, like Dansby Swanson's not a bad contract. He's worth that and then some. And so you really have the financial capital and resources now within the organization to, to, to bring on a guy like Juan Soto and extend him, to, to re-sign a Cody Bellinger, to go out and get a massive name uh, in the starting pitching market to improve your team. Like, like I really... I really am bullish and and I'm starting to hear it in my voice, the optimism, and it's starting to scare me at what the Cubs can do this offseason and with their flexibility because they were an 83-win team that we all know should have been about an 88-90 to win team. We all know that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to give myself a headache on this Sunday night. We, we know they should have been better. And so if they could just kind of get the results they got last year and then add all this stuff to this team – I think that they have a chance to be the favorites uh, in the NL Central heading into um, opening day, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I also, there's so many things to report today. There also was, and I'm going to save this for Matt and I, this is a Matt and I episode, but but a, a lot of GMs, Bleacher Nation reported today, uh, said that don't even count out the Cubs when it comes to Shohei and, and Otani. Uh, but that's going to be its own episode, I think, in its own right. But there's just, there's a lot of good buzz. And look, I know there's cynicism out there. I'm a cynic in my own right sometimes when it comes to the Cubs. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, please, don't get my hopes up. But I remind you guys, last season, they did go out and spend $100-plus million on Dansby Swanson. They did take care of center field. They went out and got Jamison Tyone. He just didn't pitch well. But the point is, is they tried to correct needs. Now, the Mancini stuff, the Hosmer stuff, the Barnhart stuff, those were all smoke and mirrors. But we all knew going into the offseason last year, I said it hundreds of times on the show, and we didn't really have many people listening, and that was, you have to get one of the shortstops, you have to get center field, and you have to get a really good starter. And they tried to get all three. They got two of the three, and Tyone just didn't pan out. But if they if they now go do that again, and they go get one of those star bats, and they do add one of those arms, you know, it's going to be exciting things uh, on the north side of Chicago. Uh, and, and the last thing that happened, and this was a much quieter, uh, announcement from Jesse Rogers was that Jan Gomes, the Cubs uh, exercise his team options, a no brainer. I mean, he's a bargain, $6 million. Jan Gomes was one of the most valuable players on the team last year. Uh, he was phenomenal behind the plate. He manages the pitching staff. Well, he's a leader. He's a clutch hitter. Uh, you know, we've talked about it a ton on this show. What he was able to do uh, was just exceptional. Uh, uh, his, his clutch hitting, his ability to, avoid grounding in double plays, which was such a, a huge part of his problem in 2022. And to have him and have your leader back um, at $6 million, you're going to take that uh, all, all day, every day. So overall, like if I were to just, you know, for, for, for the sake of podcasting, you know, you like to do games, you like to do fun stuff. If I were to give this the first Cubs offseason weekend a grade, I'd give it a solid A minus, right? And the only reason I would give it a minus is I would just, I would give it a flat A if we could find a way to, to tag a second year on Kyle at a low price, just so I feel a little bit better about it. But in reality, that's kind of smoke and mirrorsy as well, because 
even if they do add another year, you're still paying them $16 million this year regardless. You're just trying to get that last year on a cheap price, right? If Kyle Hendricks ends up having a terrible season, even if you have him at $5 million in 2025, you're still going to be like, well, I want somebody that's going to produce. So at the end of the day, it's going to come down to producing. I just believe in Kyle Hendricks. I just he delivers. I like that. And I just think the Stroman thing's the biggest story of the weekend. I think he did the Cubs a favor, man. I really do. And, and look, is it out of the question that Marcus Stroman comes out next year and has an ERA in the low threes and is worth 20 plus million dollars and helps the team? Of course not. He's a good pitcher. And the first half of the 2023 season, he was an all-star and one of the best pitchers in baseball. But I just, I didn't have that, you know, when you watch the team every day, and you're connected to it like I am. I just I didn't have that good feeling. I just felt like something was off with him. And 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 I I just think it was best, honestly, for both parties for a separation at that point, you know. And I, I have nothing against them. Let him go do his thing. And I'll be very, very, very interested to see what he gets in the open market. I'm gonna say my final prediction is gonna be three years, 53 million for Strowman. And um, you know. That, that's probably what he's worth. But but overall, that, that was some really, really good and interesting news that Matt and I will break down later on this week as well. And uh, we're also, you know, I, like I said, I might try and go live at some point just to hear your guys' thoughts. I think that's important to stay connected in the offseason as well. And to add on to the offseason news, there was some really, really surprising and pretty cool 2023 season uh, news that happened on Sunday night as well. We talk about the gold glove award winners on your Chicago Cubs coming up next. But first this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player plot props and more. If you would like to bet on the Chicago Bears, they will be very, very rare favorites Thursday night against the dreadful Panthers. I don't know who will be playing quarterback. I don't even know who will be head coach. The Bears feel like they haven't been good in a really long time. And for whatever reason, I was frustrated by that Sunday afternoon. I invested three hours in my day of watching it. I wish I had it back to do something productive. But you could still bet the Bears anytime on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the Locked On Podcast and the National Football League. We are back here on Locked On Cubs, a packed Monday episode. If you're just tuning in for whatever reason, if you skipped ahead, Kyle Hendricks is a Cub in 2024. Marcus Stroman is not. Jan Gomes is. And in 2024, you'll be able to say your reigning gold glove shortstop second baseman, and left field for the first time in the very deep and rooted history of the Chicago Cubs. They have three gold glove award winners. Ian Happ. I'll get to that in a minute. Dansby Swanson, very well-deserved. Nico Horner, very well-deserved. A gold glove middle infield. The backbone of the Chicago Cubs team is that middle of the diamond. Jan Gomes behind the plate. Dansby Swanson at short. 
Nico Horner at second, and then Cody Bellinger potentially in center field. That is what made the Cubs go all season. When those guys performed well, they won games. I think there's this misconception or or mis you know identifier of my t- opinion on Dansby Swanson because I was I was out with Matt on Saturday and you know I made a joke about Dansby Swanson and Matt didn't take very kindly of it and if he didn't take kindly of it that means the rest of the audience probably feels that way so I'm going to clarify that once and for all I like Dansby Swanson a lot as a player I think he is a major asset I think he is the best defensive player in the major leagues at the most premium position, shortstop. The most balls go to short. You need your shortstop to be good, and he's the best at it. I made an error on Thursday in softball that cost us two runs. We ended up tying in that game. If I don't make that error, we win the game. Shortstop matters, okay? I think the Cubs got him on a very respectable deal, and I am glad that he's going to be playing shortstop for many years to come for the Cubs. The that that is true. It's just down the stretch of the season, his bat hurt the team. That two things can be true. And one of the the most frustrating parts of having a daily podcast, and I love doing it, is that there's just built-in reaction day to day when you have to cover a game. And so when somebody's not performing, you have to call them out like that. And I do it in a passionate way and sometimes a comedic way. And so sometimes I get labeled of, oh, he doesn't like this guy or, oh, he hates this guy. I just want to win. And Dansby Swanson's a winning player, but he would be the first one to tell you that offensively he did not deliver when he needed to deliver the last month of the season. But that doesn't take away from his defense. He was a, a very, very worthy winner of the gold glove. I'm happy for him. I think the Cubs have the best middle infield defense in the major leagues. Matt said it many times and they were rewarded for it on Sunday night. Nico Horner, same thing. I was watching the award show, which by the way, was just absolutely dreadful the way that they presented that. It was, it could have been way better. And it's just another long list of things that baseball does that just irritates me. But, but that's, that's a different time. Um, but but somebody on the show, I don't remember who it was, was saying Nico Horner won you know, the gold glove. And he's like, yeah, he's just a shortstop playing second base, right? If Dansby Swanson wasn't a Chicago Cub, Nico Horner would be playing shortstop. And you have a luxury where you have a shortstop playing second base at the level that, that Nico Horner played it. Um, I love those guys, man. I, I've said this many times off the air to friends and and family about when, when we're talking about the Cubs. The, give me those two. Give, give me Horner. Give me Swanson for better or for worse. If those if, if those are my up the middle guys, I'm going to battle with that every day. As for Ian Happ, look again, nothing against Ian Happ. One of the reasons I get on Ian Happ a lot is because I just think he's a very talented baseball player. And I think there's more in there than that there has that that he has shown. And I get frustrated with it. Um, I thought he deserved to win the gold glove in 2022. I was very surprised that he won it in 2023. Now, look, I'll admit it. I, I don't really watch left fielders very closely around the league. And to be fair, the other guys that were in there as Peralta and somebody else didn't really pop off the screen as obvious winners. And Ian Happ did have some very dramatic plays this year. I remember the assist in Milwaukee and his his arm was pretty accurate. And I think he led the league in assists and things like that. But but it just, 
and, and comment below if, if if you think I'm wrong, but it just felt like eye test wise, he wasn't that great. I remember like at least a half a dozen balls this year he slid for where he misjudged and and things like that. But listen, the, the, the people voting on this are much smarter than me. Ian Happ's a Chicago Cub. I root for Ian Happ. I am happy for Ian Happ. Congrats to him. I mean, at the end of the day, these gold gloves don't really matter that much. What matters is winning games. And the fact that the Cubs had three gold glove award winners on defense and two of them a very premium position, short and second base, that they had a, a star-level player like Cody Bellinger and a Silver Slugger nominee with Swanson, Bellinger, and Suzuki and all these things, and you looked up and they won 83 games, it still irks me a little bit. You guys know that because they had some awesome things that happened to them uh, this past season, and, and I knew that they were going to get some love in these offseason awards because the Cubs did a lot of great things uh, in 2023. And now as we turn the page, and, and for the first time, I do feel like I'm starting to just a little bit turn the page and look at 2024 and get excited about it. Now it's time to, to repeat those great things and, and, and put more wins together. And the way you do that is you go improve your ball club. We talked about it on Friday. You improve the margins. That's internal. That's David Ross. That's Carter Hawkins. That's Jed Hoyer. That's the bullpen. That's names that aren't going to get you very excited. But also, also the other side is you go get some stars. You go get some super stars that say, you know what? Don't worry about the margins. You know, you know, you know what teams don't really have to worry about the margins that much? Guys like that have Steph Curry on the team or or Nikola Jokic on the team or you know, when, when the Rangers, you know, have Seeger hitting and Garcia hitting and Simeon hitting and all these guys, they still have Bochi though. But, but you know, margins matter less when you have superstars and you have people that are just so good, doesn't really matter. Hey, David Ross put in the wrong guy. Who cares? I'm in a grand slam next inning because I'm Juan Soto or I'm Pete Alonzo. Or you know what? Hey, hey, Skip. You don't have to worry about making any decisions today. You could sit on your hands. We got Yamamoto pitching, and then the next day we got Steele. So you're not going to really have to worry about anything until the eighth or ninth inning. So you just stay away and let the roster do its job. Well, if Jed Hoyer wants to keep David Ross, which he does, and Tom Ricketts wants to do that, then that's that might be the solution, right? The margins aren't going to matter as much if you go get stars and you go get great players. And so, you know, hopefully the Cubs can combine both of those things and, and, and get better in close games and also not have to play a ton because they have a really good team. So a lot of exciting stuff. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments about bringing back Hendricks. I think that's kind of going to be mixed at that $16 million clip. Very interested to hear your thoughts about Stroman. Um, I tweeted about it over the weekend and had a lot of uh, comments, and I think most people were were with me that they were on board with that. I think I think everybody feels the same about Jan Gomes. I mean, it would have taken a catastrophic thing to happen for the Cubs not to bring Jan Gomes back. And then, you know, gold gloves are always good. You know, rewards for, for playing well is always good. So, you know, a positive weekend overall, I think, for the Cubs. I think all of us, I think the fan base, I think Matt, myself, I, I, I think I think this offseason is going to be a fun one. I really do. I was telling Matt Saturday night, you know, I, I have high hopes for this offseason. And usually when I have high hopes, I get myself – you know, psyched up. And then, you know, sometimes I get disappointed by this team, but, but I think they might deliver this off season. I really do. I, I think, I think we're going to have, we're going to have some fun live shows with some big trades. And like I said, I think one of them's coming this month 
and um, I'm excited. So I hope you guys are as well. The rest of the week is going to be fun. I think Matt and I are going to break down maybe these transactions a little bit more in detail. We might talk a little bit of Shohei Otani because there was a link there. And, uh, you know, fun stuff. It, it's, fu it's fun to be happy talking about this baseball team again without uh, uh, joking around. So I hope everybody has a great Monday. Hope you're productive. Hope you're feeling good. And uh, we will be back Tuesday with Matt Cozy and myself. So shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on SiriusXM. I'm Sam Olber, and this is Locked On Cubs.